Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. It's Zach Van Norman with Once Upon a Fan. We are back with our podcast after taking a holiday break off. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And, of course, I am joined by my regular co-host, Amy Hood. Hi, Amy. How are you, darling? I am suffering, suffering, suffering with no one to part time. That's how I am. How are you? Mm, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> in the same boat as you, uh, the Jolly Roger, as it were, because, uh, yeah, I really, I really miss the show. It's kind of weird to not have had it on um, for the past couple of weeks because I got used to, you know, the having it every week since we got – a pretty much uninterrupted break. So, yeah, I am definitely uh, definitely missing it. And uh, for anybody who's listening in on the show, the, the uh, chat room is also open. So if you want to join us on the chat room, please go ahead, and uh, we'll talk to you there. So we're going to do our regular news roundup. We've got a couple things we want to go over, and then after that we can get into uh, you know our episode review. Of course, we watched both the pilot and the thing I love most, or the thing you love most, the thing we, the things we love most, which is Once Upon a Time. So um, let's do our, uh, our newscast here, which uh, the first thing that we want to say is that, uh, you know, after last week um, with our interview with Ming Macario, he is in Tacloban right now down in the Philippines um, participating in his project for Typhoon Relief. So we are wishing Ming well and hope that, you know, he's getting everything accomplished that he needs to do and hoping that people are, you know, making ways in order to uh, help his cause out there. So shout out to Meg. Hope everything is well. Hope everything is going well for you. Definitely, yeah. And he, he's been updating his blog. I'm sure our listeners have seen, but he made it over there safely and he's right in there with everybody and spreading. He's, he posted about looking for some solar flashlights, so... I know at the last minute he was able to find some more supplies right before he left. So we're definitely wishing him well and hoping that he's over there and enjoying himself and really spreading lots of hugs for all of us. Yeah, definitely. So uh, very excited uh, for that to be going on and hope that he you know, has safe travels and all that and hope to hear back from him when he uh, returns. So maybe we can get that set up too. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so the next thing, of course, that we want to talk about is, um, you know, here, um, the kind of big news for us here at Once Upon a Fan, we uh, have hit 100,000 followers on Facebook, which is uh, a little bit insane because especially at the rate in which we hit that number, we were only at 25,000 followers as of December 9th. And as of just, what was it, yesterday, I think? <laughs> it's been going on, it's been going so fast as we hit 100,000 followers. So, Thank you very much to everybody who's been supporting the fan site. I know that, you know, me and Amy definitely appreciate all the listeners of the podcast and all the other stuff that we do. So, you know, thanks to everybody who's been uh, giving us a shout-out on Facebook and giving us a like. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It just seems like, actually, it has been within the last month. Zach and I were on Facebook chatting, and we were refreshing the screen and counting as it was almost going to hit 50,000 followers, and now it's had this huge jump and it's up to 100,000. And I know Gareth is 
I hope he's so, so proud and knows how much this means to all of us on his staff and so many people. But this is definitely, you know, once upon a fam with his baby. We've talked about it before, and it's grown into this really huge once upon a family. So we're all at the website very, very grateful to everybody who follows. Yeah, so I mean it's I mean it's just it's crazy. I mean it's really incredible that we've had, you know, that we have that many especially since it started as a hobby for so many of us and it still is a hobby for so many of us that we have so many people support and that the Wonster community has grown to such numbers, you know, on social mm-hmm. media is just really fantastic. So, you know, it's really cool just to be a part of that and to, you know, to have everybody, you know, joining in the fun with us. It's really really cool. So, um, the next thing that we want to talk about with our newscast is uh, we have the Shorty Awards that are going to be going on soon, which represents the best in social media. And, uh, you know, they have the opportunity to go for best fan site, and we are going to be doing that. So um, as soon as they get some nominations announced, uh, which is supposed to start tomorrow, but they have not confirmed anything as of yet, then, uh, you know, we're hoping that we can get everybody's support. So we're going to have some more information on that whole process on the next podcast next week um, in the news roundup at the beginning of the show because uh, we still need a couple more details that we don't have quite yet. So stay tuned for more of that news, but uh, keep in mind the Shorty Awards are coming. So just want to touch on that really quick. Um, also, um, Amy, you want to tell us about the auction that we have starting? Well, this auction, we've actually mentioned it before, and we had to postpone it due to some glitches with eBay, which is what the auction is running through. But the Once Upon a Fan auction to raise money for Stand Up to Cancer is definitely starting tomorrow. So if you go to the main webpage or all the information is also on the Facebook page, and I know we've tweeted about it, but you can click the link and starting tomorrow it will take you to the eBay page where you can see all of the items we have up for auction, including that fantastic book with uh, everybody's seen and knows how great it is, but they've got the signed script. We've got little jewelry, lots of art pieces, autograph things that have been sent to us from the cast and crew, and things that are just really, you know, going to be huge collectible for one third. So there's a ton of the stuff that I want. <laughs> I know, so everybody will definitely be able to check that out, and it is starting tomorrow. Yeah, so very excited about that. I'm trying to raise money for Stand Up to Cancer. So make sure you visit the website and take a look at our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. You're looking for Once Upon a Fans and or uh, at Once Upon a Fan on Twitter and Once Upon a Time Fans on Facebook. Uh, for more information on that, really want to make sure that we get some money raised um, for Stand Up to Cancer, as I said. So yeah, just look out for information there. Um, let me see. We want to keep the news rolling right along because we have two episodes to get through tonight, and so I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about because there's. I mean, I've been making a few notes as I've been going through these episodes, and there's so much to talk about. So, um, the next right. thing is that you know we do have our own Facebook and Twitter pages now. Um, the Twitter page is at o u a f as in fan podcast. So that's once upon a fan podcast. Or if you go to the Facebook page, it is once upon a fan podcast. So that's what you're gonna be looking for for us personally. Um, and then we've got some more news on the social media front, and then we've got a competition going on too. And Amy, I'm going to let you take the rein on that and tell everybody about those two things. Well, a lot of the Facebook followers will remember last uh, when we had we're going into the Neverland art. We did a fan art competition to, for people to send things in, and I've had people ask if it's restricted only to people in the U.S. And it's not. It doesn't matter where you are; you can send in uh, your fan art email it or however you want to send it. 
and we are looking for Oz-themed things, and this is going to, whichever one is voted as the fan favorite, will become the Once Upon a Fan Facebook cover art. Um, right now, you'll see we still have, you know, we had that Neverland piece that was done last time, which was great, and we had so many fantastic submissions. I know you and I have talked about before how good mm -hmm. the fan art things are, but yeah, the next one is for Oz, since we're getting the Wicked Witch, and that is, I can't wait to see the stuff that's going to come in, but we definitely want people to start submitting those things in so we can get that Oz cover art up on the social media sites before March comes and we get into our Wicked Witch and Oz storyline. My God, I'm so excited for that. Just the fact that we are able to say now that we're getting some kind of an Oz storyline just makes me so, like, giddy happy that it's ridiculous. Like, I can't wait for this, especially after that, you know, the promo that they put out where the Wicked Witch is walking down the street by the sign that says entering Storybook and, like, the yellow brick road is, like, appearing behind her, at least. I mean, uh, oh, my gosh. Love. So good. Yeah. yeah oh, please. I just want to mention, it just too, be March? Oh, I, was just, I know, right? I'm waiting for March. But I did want to mention, too, because I know – um, a couple people have said in the chat room they were having trouble too, and I had trouble bringing the chat room up for the podcast tonight. It took me probably three or four minutes of refreshing. So anyone who's listening that's having trouble getting in, just refresh it a few more times and it should pop up for you because I'm starting to see where everybody is able to finally get in now. So I know I had trouble and a couple other people had trouble. So if you're listening and you couldn't get in the chat room before, go ahead and refresh, and you should be able to get into it now. Yeah. I've seen a lot more people talking in there now, too. Angie is saying, Angie Konisberg is saying, I just want to know where the story is going next. And I really want to know, too. I'm so excited to to get this mismash, mishmash, because I can speak today, of, uh, you know, worlds um, with Oz coming into it. I'm just, I'm so stoked. I, I can't wait for this. Um I think this is just going to be really cool. I think that, you know, the everybody in the Enchanted Forest having to face <clears throat> the Wicked Witch is a really, oh, oh, it just, yeah, it just tickles me, to be honest. It's like Olaf from Frozen, which is a totally awesome movie, and Olaf the Snowman is so dear to my heart now that it's ridiculous. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> All right, Olaf for life. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, there's that. And then also, let me see, is there anything else in the news that we want to go over before we get into the episode reviews, Amy? I think that that is pretty much most of the news. Just want to mention that we are back on Tumblr now as well, so you can search the Once Upon a Fans. We had that was the most requested feature that we had on, but that uh, Once Upon a Fan is back on Tumblr now, so they can find them on Tumblr. And yeah, we're definitely with two episodes. We have a ton to talk about. I know everybody is going through withdrawals just as bad as we are. We were talking about having our our once or therapy session tonight, so. Hopefully this will hold us over until next week. But, yep, we're ready to get into the episode. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the pilot, of course. And, um, you know, what we're going to do is, you know, we did talk on the last podcast about how we want to make things a little bit different. So we're going to have a few topics um, throughout the episode that we want people to call in and share their, their ideas on. So uh, just, you know, keep in mind that we are going to be opening the phone lines up a little bit differently tonight and talking to people throughout the show instead of saving it for the end. So, um First, we're going to get into this episode review, and we'll build up to when we take some calls. Uh, so, of course, the show starts with 
the, you know, some title cards coming up explaining a little bit of the history. And then what I love about this is that after, you know, this information comes up and we're reading about there is an enchanted forest filled with all the classic characters we know and the curse and so forth. Um, the music, right before, you know, we see Charming on his horse, it sounds like horses' hooves galloping. And I love that because even on the soundtrack, that, that is included in the, in the very first track. So I just, I love that that little detail is in there. That's just a small little thing that I really enjoy. Um, but then after that, of course, is when Charming rides up to the coffin, there is snow, like there's actual snow in that scene. And it's just yeah. so beautiful and so poetic. I just, I love it. It's one of my favorite things about that episode. I think so, too. And Mig talked about it last week, or the week before last when we interviewed him. He said that they were filming and it just started snowing, so they went with it. They kept rolling and that it was actual snowfall. And it, that's one of the visually, one of my favorites from the entire series so far with, you know, you have snow, you have the seven dwarves, and then Prince Charming, you know, comes in in this bright red jacket. It's just such a stunning visual. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it's just, it's really great, and I, as I just said, I really love it, too. It's just, it's really awesome, so. Yeah, and then, of course, after they have their conversation, he kisses her, and he wakes her up, and, you know, and then they're talking, and the glass coffin gave her pause, which is just one of those scenes that comes up again later on in Broken, or, uh, excuse me, in the Queen of Hearts, so I think that that's, I like how that, you know, kind of is in there. And then, you know, it goes into their wedding, which I remember the very first thing, because I just rewatched this episode, of course, before we did the podcast, and the okay. thing that I that really always stands out to me about the wedding scene is the the stained glass windows and how colorful they are and how yes. many of them there are and it just it and looks so, so beautiful you know what they're I mean huge. yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. I love you that detail I, I just think it's a really cool it makes it it really I think enhances the fairy tale feel of it and I just I love that detail I love it I think so too because the whole when you think of fairy tales, castles and everything is supposed to be huge and grand. And the windows—that was one thing I was noticing because we watched it last night. And the windows are huge, floor to ceiling. And the other thing—and I can't believe as many times as I've, as I've watched the pilot that I never thought about before—that when I watched that wedding scene last night, it reminded me so much of the animated version of Sleeping Beauty as when Maleficent comes yeah. in mm-hmm. and she threatens, yeah, and she makes her threat, you know, that, that something horrible is going to happen in the future of this child. That, I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is so much like the animated Sleeping Beauty scene, but it's so white and it's just a little, you know, tweak on it. I was like, oh, I cannot believe I never thought about that before, but that, it reminded me of it so much. Yeah, you know, I never thought about that before until you just said that, and that's a really good point. Like, that that totally is, like, Maleficent coming in and making the threat against Aurora. Like, it's just, yeah, that's just fantastic. Oh, my God, I love that you pointed that out. I love it. I love that you caught that. That's fantastic. That's so cool. All right, yeah, so let me see. I, and then, of course, Regina, and, okay, also, too, okay, Snow in her white feather dress, you know, and the feathers, of course, look like a swan. Hmm. Mm, like yeah. I've said for a long time that one of my things that I want to see happen is Emma get married in her mom's wedding dress and you know those feathers are white they look like swan feathers it just makes sense like I mean, it just makes sense in my opinion I would just love to see you know I even like maybe do her hair the same way or you know, like do one of her braids because we know how Jennifer Morrison loves braids so when mm. she finally is like you know all dolled up I want to see her totally fancified in her mom's 
wedding dress with her hair all braided, looking all gorgeous, and yeah. So I just I love that detail too. Just saying, Amy. I I think that you agree with me on that thought, right? Yes, and it's so weird because before Once Upon a Time, I used to hate feathers in design, like as far as in clothes and things. And now I've seen so many amazing costumes that Eduardo's done specifically for Denny and for Lana. And now I'm thinking, oh, my God, I love feathers. So, yeah, I love it. I hope we see Emma in that in her mother's wedding dress, too, just like you. I think it would just be poetic to see that. Yeah, it would be it would just be perfect, I think, and I would really just love to see it. So yeah, there's that detail. And then okay, then of course after that, Regina arrives, right? And she says, "Sorry, I'm late," which does <laughs> come into play later on in season two, and it's going to be in another episode that we watch down the line um, in a couple of weeks. But that is the same thing that Regina says in the cricket game when she arrives at the diner, and she's late. Mm-hmm. She says, "Sorry, I'm late," and then you know. She gets pulled aside by Charming and Snow. <laughs> yeah, she has the lasagna that yeah, has the extra kick in it because of the red pepper flakes. So, yeah. you know, I just love the how that, you know, like that. Flakes. Yeah, you know, and again, kind of relating that back to Emma's wedding, too. Like, I would love it if Regina was late to the wedding and arrives late at the wedding, just like when she interrupted Snow White's wedding. And she's like, sorry, I'm late. But instead, it's like a peaceful thing. And she's like genuinely sorry that she's late for the wedding. Like, I just, I think that would be you know, so awesome and just a fitting way for it to end because it would be, you know, full circle and, you know, yeah, I just, that's just my opinion on that. So that's what I think. Um, yeah, so Angie is saying online in the chat room, lasagna, one of many forever once related foods. Like, yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> just like apples and cider and cinnamon you know, hot chocolate. Yeah. Cinnamon hot chocolate for sure. Uh, yeah, so. It's, isn't it so amazing that the show can do so much to, you know, like just make small little stuff like that people just run away with? I love it. Like, it's just one of my favorite things, too. Um, and then, of course, later on after Regina makes her threat, she says her famous line, I will destroy your happiness if it's the last thing I do. And it's just, I mean, and then, of course, she says it later on to Emma. But I just love when Lana says that line. She was at one of the uh, Comic-Con panels. I think it was the 2012 Comic-Con in San Diego, and they asked her to say that line um, when they were at the, like, you know, the, in the ballroom with all the fans, and I, and she did say, I think there's video of it out there, but I just, I love when Lana says that. It's just so, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things, and of course it's one of her most famous lines, too, so it's just, I just love yes. it. It's so classic. Now, now of course, it's so classic. Back then, it wasn't as, you know, but, yeah. It's so strange, rewatching. It's almost like, I don't know. I forgot how much I loved, loved the pilot when I was yeah. watching again. And I've seen it so many times, but just watching it, it's been, you know, a while since I've seen it, even though I've seen it so many times. But, I mean, I forgot how much I loved, you know, every week hearing there's a town in Maine, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. and oh, love it. And, you know, I don't know if a lot of the fans know, since we have so many new people that like the Facebook page, but on the Once Upon a Fan main website, um, I'm sure it's still there, we had the original script for the pilot posted. I'm sure you read through it, too, where you ha- we had, like, yeah. the writer's notes and everything. And the little yep. things, you know, like Emma wasn't supposed to be named Emma, and, you know, the things about the end scene, it was just, it's just like watching a Yeah, whole... wasn't her name supposed to be Anna? Yes, it was supposed to be Anna. 
not Emma. They had Anna written uh, through Emma it, and then it was scribbled out. Yeah, and then like at the end when Regina's bringing Thing Horrible, they mentioned in there that originally the idea was with all that stuff swirling around them, we were going to see glimpses of other worlds like Wonderland and Oz and Dr. Frankenstein and all these other literary, you know, and mythology things. Oh, that would so have been neat. Yeah, because we would have gotten the hint that maybe, you know, that it wasn't, because I think a lot of people thought maybe it was only going to be fairy tales. But in the same way, with them not doing that, it kind of, you know, made made it a little bit more shocking when these other characters came in. Like, not in a bad way, because I think it's great that they threw all these other things in. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, it led them to be able to do things, you know, in the episode Hat Trick, which, you know, that may be another episode that we watch in a couple of weeks also. You never know. I mean, I'll just hint, hint, it is. We're watching it in, like, two weeks. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah, not to, you know, spoiler alert, there's, like, there's the one you get two weeks in advance. Not next week, but, yeah. So, um, then after that, um, let me see, because we're still at the wedding, even. My gosh. Um, okay, so then right after that, okay, after Regina makes her threat and it shows, you know, Snow and Charming are hugging and then it goes to the book and it's Henry on the bus looking in the book, right? Okay. So then, you know, he's on his way to Boston to get Emma and all that stuff. And then, of course, he has the scarf on, which is gray with, you know, the little red stripes on it and everything. And but then we see Emma. And I just want to point something out because I don't know how many people have ever noticed this. When Emma is stepping off of that elevator, there's two shots. The first one is like you, the door opens and you see her step out. And then the second one is when you actually, you know, it's kind of more of a close-up and she walks out. When she does that on the wall behind her, there's this white S shape. And it's actually two Cs and it doesn't really look like, you know, an S at first. But if you pause it and look at it, it's totally an S. And it's white and swans are white and it starts with an S. So... I'm just saying, little details like that that I absolutely love, things like that. Um, And also, too, because we've had a lot of discussions about how, you know, Emma is still working up to being in the princess dress. And what I love about this show, because I was thinking about it on the rewatch, the show starts with Emma in a dress. Mm -hmm. Like, she's in the dress. So I just, and, and it's red. So I'm really hoping that when we finally see her in some kind of princess gown, if it's not her wedding dress, then I hope that dress is red. And, you know, just totally, you know, gorgeous with all of the dazzled Eduardo Castro fabulousness and totally smoking awesome. And, yeah, that, that is my wish for Emma's dresses, either the wedding dress or a big red dress. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> Definitely. I can't wait. I feel like that's where we're going to end. You know, we, she started in a dress and she's going to end in the dress or a dress. So I think it will be awesome. Yeah, I just, I'm really, gee, can you tell who my favorite character is? Um, So, yeah, uh, speaking of that with, um, you know, characters and so forth, um, you know, Emma has come a long way from where she was in the pilot to where she is now. And, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it hasn't changed her being my favorite character or anything. But I know that for some other people, you know, from the pilot to now, their, you know, favorite characters, their opinions and things may have changed. So we do want to have people call in about that topic and let us know, you know, if your favorite character has changed from the pilot to where we are now, uh, the call-in number is 347-677-1653. And I'm going to put that in the chat room, too, so that everybody has that. So, yeah, eight seven or 347-677-1653. Uh, please give us a call and let us know if, you know, your favorite character has changed or if there's something in the pilot that, you know, you were expecting maybe 
to happen that didn't end up happening and the story went somewhere else. We'd love to hear about that kind of stuff. So give us a call because um, that's kind of where we're at right now. Because, yeah, Amy, who is your favorite character? Is, are you, is Regina your favorite? I think so. And for me, it, it did change because when it started, Rumple was 100% my favorite. And I thought Regina was just, I thought she was awesome because she was a villain and everybody knows I love villains and she was just so wicked. But I really, really, Rumple was 100% my favorite. And now I'm definitely an evil regal. I do, I also love Team 7. Everybody knows that. I'm, they're, I think they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing Snow and Team 7 together. But yeah, I'm definitely an evil regal. Yeah, cool. And I'm, of course, you know, an ugly duckling. And we've got somebody who's calling in. So I'm going to bring them on the line. We'll find out what they have to say. Hi, you're on the uh, Once Upon a Fan podcast. Who's this? Hi, it's Lori Hancock. Lori! Hi, Lori. How are you? (laughs) Lovely to finally talk to you in person. (laughs) I know, it's so weird. (laughs) I know. I I, tweet Lori and talk to her all the time, but never get a chance to actually talk to her. I know. Yeah, that's fantastic. So with, it's really nice to be able to talk to you. So who is your favorite character, and, you know, has your opinion on any other characters, you know, changed since, you know, the pilot? Well, when I I started late, so I watched the pilot originally a year ago. So I watched, like, we were halfway through season two when I started watching, and I watched it, like, nonstop. I watched the show, like, in a week to get caught up. Yeah. But, I, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of people have done but when I first started watching the pilot, my favorite character was Emma, and I still love Emma. She's still a, a, one of my favorite characters, but gradually I would have to say Rumpel, you know, took, took first place in my heart, and he is definitely my favorite character now. Yeah, Rumpel. That's awesome. He's awesome. He's so and, – and it's so funny because some people prefer him as Mr. Gold and some people – prefer him as Rumple. Right. I see like a big division. I'm I I love the Rumple. I I wish they would just, you know, if Mr. Gold would just keep those leather suits and everything I know. and Jiggle <laughs> and all the little gestures, I would I would be happy with that. I would love to see that. I would at some <laughs> point see Mr. Gold yeah. just break out in Rumple. That would be amazing. <laughs> Forget the time. Yeah, the thing that I've always wanted to see, I've always wanted to see, you know, have Emma finally see him, you know, in his full Rumpelstiltskin, like with his makeup on and everything, because she's yes. never really seen him in that way. And I really feel like it would totally change her perception of him as a person if she were to see him how he like really was. But of course, now that he has done yeah. like whatever has happened to him, who knows? Like maybe he'll, I don't know when he'll come back. At, but I always thought it would have been cool if she would have ended up seeing him in that way. And you know, like, and you know, Henry too, because he's never seen him in that way, and it probably would have you know made it everything a little bit more real. But yeah, that would I be know. Fun, so. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything in the pilot yeah, that you were expecting to happen that didn't happen? I'm sorry. What was that? Was there anything in the pilot that you had seen that you had an idea of something that was going to happen and then it didn't end up happening and it went somewhere else? Oh, gosh. I think I would have to say no for me because I watched them. I didn't have, like, that week or two of absorbing the pilot before I went on to the next episode. I had, like, a mm. minute, and then I went right into the next episode. <laughs> So it's like, gotcha. okay, I just, here we go. We're on the train. Let's keep going and 
yeah, that's so that's what I did. Um, and I know so I didn't really have that processing that. time that I have now with the episodes, and I didn't. Of course, I wasn't part of any fandom or any any. I didn't know any of this, so this was my um, really my introduction to it. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> definitely a. And it's been a crazy ride since the pilot. I mean, I remember when it first came out and watching. It's funny because as I'm watching it now, I think back to sitting when I was sitting on my couch. Like I know exactly where I was when I saw the first episode of Once Upon a Time. It's so oh. weird. Like I can, I remember exactly. <laughs> so um, it's just yeah, it's one of those things that just kind of sticks with you. So yeah, well, cool, Laurie. We got a lot more to cover, and I would love to keep talking to you more. Trust me, because we never get to talk to you, but I need to keep it going here because we've got a no, lot more. Of course, people who are no, I didn't really want to talk that long anyway. So this is perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much for calling. Talk to you in the chat room. Okay. Great job, you guys. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was fun. So if there's any, but thank you very much, Lori, for calling in. I'm glad that we tried to talk to her finally, Amy. That was awesome. Yes, I love Lori. I talk to Lori all the time on Twitter, and I adore her. We're constantly, she's such a sweetheart and so upbeat about the show and so positive. And I love Lori to death. I'm so glad she called in. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, yeah, if anybody else wants to call in and share your thoughts on that part of the pilot as far as who your favorite character is and if that changed from the pilot to now, please let us know. Um, so otherwise, we're going to keep going on with the episode review. And we have another topic coming up in a minute, which is going to be Henry's book and the theory of that. So get your thoughts ready for that because we're going to go over a couple of things. All right, so we're at the part now where, you know, Emma's wishing on the blue star candle and then, you know, Henry shows up magically with the book right and okay i just want to say really quick that this completely relates to going home the winter finale of season three because it's the same book that magically appeared in mary margaret's closet and it just magically shows up with him when emma makes her wish not to be alone and blue even said in going home that their story would reveal itself to emma in time that's what she said to snow white so right and then it also relates to The Land Without Magic when Emma finally believed and she touches the book and she got flashes of the past confirming that Henry's story was actually true. Like, mm-hmm. it all relates to that, you know, to that factor. So I was, you know, this, the book and the pilot actually has a lot of ties to the winter finale of, you know, season three. And I was, you know, I couldn't help but note that as I was going through this, this episode. I love all these little ties that I'm seeing now. I've got a lot of notes on this. So, Amy, what do you think about that? I uh, I love the book. I love that they finally, and Lori mentioned it in the chat room, that they finally mentioned when it showed up in Storybrooke. I still don't mm-hmm. know what I think about where it comes from, though, because, you know, we've talked about a couple different theories, and I know they're going to eventually show us. So I'm excited to see that. I love that book. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's really, it's one of those mystery things that, it's really fun to try and guess, and the more information that comes out, it just seems like it's going to be a really, you know, fun, kind of awesome idea. So I can't wait to see it. I mean, really, I'm, it's one of my favorite things of the, of the whole show. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, later on when we're in the nursery and Snow and, and Charming are talking about going down to meet Rumpelstiltskin, first of all, we have Snow holding the bluebird, which comes up later on when Mary Margaret has the bluebird. And then mm-hmm. also there's the unicorn mobile, which, of course, again, relates right back to going home, the winter finale of season three, because they talk about the winter corn mobile, the winter corn, oh, my God, the unicorn mobile, geez, 
uh, <laughs> right before as I'm mixing winter and mo and yeah. Anyways, so you know there it has again. That's another one of those ties to the winter finale that I'm you know that I'm picking up on and I'm just loving. Like there's so many little things, and of course it makes me think that that mobile is gonna you know unicorns will come into play somehow you know some point in the second half of season three. And I know we've talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, I hope so. I love that that decoration keeps showing up. And it's funny because the first time I saw the pilot, I barely noticed it in Snow's Nursery. And now that we've seen it so many times in different episodes since then, I it just seemed to really stand out when I rewatched the pilot this time. And I, I was thinking, you know, wow, how did I not see that the first time, you know, among other things. And it also in that nursery is there's a mini mouse, a stuffed mini mouse. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I I yeah. know I saw that originally. I was like, Oh, I love that. I love all the little hidden Disney and all the little hidden lost things. But yeah, that I love that mobile and I hope it, it comes into play and means something important in the future for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the books, you know, going back to the book really quick as as far as where that came from, I'm really convinced that that was the final preparation, you know, that, that the, you know, the fairies did something that ended up creating the book and all that, because it seems like that book has been magical from the very beginning, because, you know, Emma, when she touched it in the finale, in the A Land Without Magic, and she got the flashes of the past and all that, the very first mm-hmm. thing that I thought was, okay, that book has had magic on it the entire time, and it was waiting for Emma to believe so that it could, you know, give her the, you know, her memory so that she would realize that everything was true and, like, you know, assume her destiny and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I know that, you know, that's – and that's what I'm thinking of. I've written a theory about it, too, that, you know, maybe Yensa the Sorcerer was involved, and I still think that somebody else was involved because, you know, there's kind of been indications of that on the show in one of the – you know, in that episode where Blue says that, you know, when she's talking to Snow White and she says that um, – the story will reveal itself to them in time or to Emma in time, but she doesn't know what that means. Like, yeah, we talked about that on the last podcast, but that's got to mean somebody else is in on it. So yeah, lots of, lots of book related stuff, lots of, you know, stuff that's directly related to season three. God, I love this show so much. It's just, it gets so much better as it goes along. Okay. Anyways. So um, let me see. We've got, we've still got an hour left and we're only a little bit of the way through the first, you know, episode. So I, we, I guess we should probably keep it moving. Okay. So one quick little Easter egg too, when the curse is showing up and grumpy is like the curse, it's here. You know, and he starts ringing the bell and everything is, you know, the curse, mm-hmm. you know, the cloud is coming. Okay. Okay. Again, going right back to going home when he's like running to say, you know, Pam's curse is coming. It, the curse, it's here. Like it's like it's yeah. another direct parallel to that episode. It's like I just mm-hmm. I'm loving it so much. So much. Um Yeah. I love that the and then, the episode paralleled the pilot so much. Just those little things. Yeah, there are so many too. I mean I'm telling you, I've got so many notes on this. So yeah, like bear with me. I don't want to like overtake the conversation, but you know, I mean, I get, it's I get into the minutia of things. Sometimes it's so ridiculous. So like, okay, the school scene, right, where where like Regina is asking Snow about the book because you know that's you know when they, when they, or no wait, let me see. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So okay, wait. I might be jumping ahead of my notes. All right. So, the curse is coming. Blah blah blah. And then. When Emma and um, Henry are in Storybrooke, okay, when they first get to Storybrooke after they meet and, you know, all that stuff, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's a Tinkerbell lawn ornament that's going on. 
there's, yes. that, there's that small little, you know, Easter egg there. And then second of all, when Emma, like when Henry says that he's, you know, like 124 not telling you street for his address, mm-hmm. when she gets out of the car and she slams the door, there's like a spark of electricity in the power lines, like above her head, like behind her. Right. And like that is totally the yeah, and it's totally the same thing as in The Heart of the Truest Believer and in Going Home because when Emma is having Henry, all the machines are, like, shorting out, right? So mm-hmm. it's, like, clear that Emma's got, you know, like, since she's true magic, you know, or true love incarnate, that, you know, she's the most powerful magic of all, that, you know, she can send electricity going haywire. So she, and she does it in another episode, too, which I can't remember the name of, and it's driving me crazy, but she does the same thing in that episode. Right? She makes some, like, kind of little electric, like, yeah, like the same thing mm-hmm. happens. So if anybody can remember what I'm talking about, please bring it up in the chat room and I'll make sure we talk about it. But um, so, yeah, there's all that stuff, right? Okay. Um, and then when Emma and Regina meet, okay, okay. First of all, first of all, Henry Scarf, okay, I'm just going to touch on that for a second because I've been writing, you know, something about this and I just want to say it here on the podcast. Henry's scarf is predominantly gray, and it has small little red stripes. And the way that I interpret that is um, like a visual symbol of Emma and Regina, and here's why. When they first meet, Emma and Regina, Emma has on a red jacket, and Regina is wearing a gray dress. And since Regina has been Henry's mother for most of his life, and he only just found Emma, it makes sense that his scarf would be predominantly gray, which matches Regina's dress, and have the little red stripes on it, which go with Emma's jacket, because he just found her. Plus, also, okay, those small little red stripes on the scarf could totally be interpreted as, like, like veins, like bloodlines. And Emma is his mother. She's, you know, they're directly blood-related. She's wearing a red jacket. He's, like, you know, like the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. He is her kid. Apple, Snow White. She's Snow White's kid. It's all just so delicious. Like, I see so much, <laughs> and maybe I'm being a little bit over-analytical about it, but that is totally how I see, like, when they're standing there in the walk, the three of them, that's what I see. I see so many layers just in their clothes, and, if, and I just think it's such a brilliant touch. And, again, maybe I'm being a little ridiculous about it, but that's what I see when I look at it. And I just love things like that, that they use so many different ways to tell all the layers of the story. Right. I think so, too. And you notice that now, like, the further into the season it got, the scarf was not predominantly gray. At one point it was, you know, gray and big red stripes. It's a small red anymore. Yeah, it's little stuff like that. You know, I mean, if you watch, you know, things like that, it's really interesting when – you know, red shows up and just, you know, paying attention to, to people's clothes and color and what that means and stuff. I just, I really like that kind of thing. I think I need to finish up the Power of Red series of articles because I've still got a lot of juice on that apparently and I didn't know it. Okay, so um, also too, right after Emma and Regina meet um, when they're in the house and Regina offers Emma a glass of the best apple cider that she's ever tasted, which of course <laughs> Evil Queen's going to offer her apple cider. Um, right. She asked Regina or Emma, or that off, Regina asked Emma about Henry's father and whether she has to be worried about him, and Emma's like, no, he doesn't even know, which, of course, relates right on down the line to Tallahassee and Manhattan, which we are going to watch Manhattan for one of our rewatches too, and Tallahassee. So, you know, this is all going to, you know, the through line of all of this 
is all very, very – it's going to be very clear as we do this rewatch. Like, we're going to be touching on the same themes over the next few weeks, at least I am. So, you know, okay. just, you know, little stuff like that, helping to connect the story in a new way and maybe make – you know, help people look at the story a little bit differently. So, yeah, looking at it from that angle, cool. Um, Amy, I've been, like, dominating the conversation. I'm sorry, my love. What do you have to say about all of these things that I'm, like, rambling on about like a madman? No, I agree. I love – I think that even reading the – once in the series that you did do about the color red, it definitely seems to be something that appears and it, it usually means power or love or, power, you know, yeah. there's, yeah, there's, you know, and who has it and who's connected. And I think little things like that are great. I love the Easter eggs. I mentioned, you know, the Minnie Mouse in the rocking chair that you've talked about the Tinkerbell in the lawn. Uh, this was the first episode where we saw 815 and, you know, saw yeah. that that was going to be a recurring episode. The scene in the jail, Leroy, who is grumpy, is whistling, you know, the song from Snow White. There's like Yeah, so whistle many. while you work, yeah. Yeah, and then he, the when even that scene where Emma wakes up in the jail cell, it that is a direct reference to those of you who watch Lost, you know, that zoom in on the eye shot is just like, a shot from Lost that they used a couple of times where that's how it opened was with the eye. So there was so many of these little details and parallels that you might not pick up the first time. But one of the other things, towards the end of the episode, you know, at Granny's Inn, this is probably the first time I've ever mentioned this to anyone, but I was convinced for a while that Granny was going to turn out to be the Queen of Hearts because on her desk uh-huh. when she's checking Emma in, there's these little tiny figurines, and they're like Wonderland figurines, and the only spot of color is one of them is holding a little white flag with a heart on it, and the heart is red, and that's the only spot of color in any of those uh-huh. figures. And I was like, oh, you know, trying to develop plots and all that stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, maybe she's the queen of hearts. And I, you know, up until... Dude, that would have been crazy. Can you imagine... I know, and I kept trying to figure out how it would work, and I never mentioned it. I never wrote it because I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing ever. But, yeah, <laughs> once after I saw those, I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if she's going to end up being a queen of hearts. So one of it's my ridiculous theories <laughs> yeah, that never got Yeah, that's a, that's a wild one, yeah, for sure, um, which is so funny that you say that because my, one of my very first theories for the show, for, you know, Once Upon a Fan was, you know, that I thought Cora was the Queen of Hearts. So that's mm-hmm. when I first got involved. So, God, we have so many ties, Amy. I swear. I love you. Okay, so <laughs> let me see. Keep on <laughs> going on with the notes here. Um, let me see. The call-in number is 347-677-1653. We want to know if anybody has a theory about the book and also, you know, how you feel about Emma and Regina's relationship. Um, just want to be upfront too. We're not going to be getting into any Swan Queen discussion on the podcast because it's just such a volatile topic for so many people that we don't want to get everybody all riled up and everything. So we just want to know what everybody thinks about their relationship in a nice, friendly way. So if you want to call in and share your thoughts with that, please go ahead. Um, okay, so going on with the episode review too. Um, let me see here. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So right after that. Okay. We've, you know, we get to scene the next day where, you know, Henry is like ran away and Emma is in jail because she had too much to drink and she saw a wolf in the road and all of that stuff, right? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, 
Oh, wait, no, because before that, right, isn't that we get the flashback after Emma hits her head, then we get the flashback to Rumple in the cell and Charming and Snow meeting them? Yeah. I think that's yes, when that happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay, which, of course, Robert Carlyle established right away how totally awesome and amazing Rumpelstiltskin was and what a cool character he was going to be. Because I remember being genuinely creeped out by his character. Like, that there was just something so really honestly creepy about the guy that I was like, man, he's someone to watch out for. I don't know what's going to happen with this dude, but there's a reason why he's in jail. Like, he was, you know, it, there's got to be something. Every time you see him, he, like, drops from the ceiling, and he's just... Yeah. I mean, he was so creepy, and, you know, in that same... Right before we got to that, um, I, that was the other thing I forgot to mention about the Easter eggs. When Emma hits her head... That's when we see in the book, and it starts flipping through when we got a peek of a page about Oz and a peek about Wonderland. Yeah. So that was, like, the first thing. But, yeah, the first time we see Rumple and he's in that cell, and it's just, uh, he's he's so creepy. I love him. <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just awesome. Like, that was one of the best character introductions on a show that I've ever seen, I think. Like, it was just, it totally set the precedent for who he was going to be. And then, of course, we find out that Emma is, you know, the one who is going to – oh, wow, I really jumped ahead, didn't I? Because we did, – did we even get to – yeah, because I was even, even going to say the part where, like, you know, em, like he hears Emma's name from Snow when they're, in the, when they're down in the dungeon. And, you know, later on, that's what is used to break the curse on him at the end of the episode. And then that, of course, relates directly to Queen of Hearts when – Snow and Emma and Aurora and Mulan are trapped in the cell and they find the scroll and it has Emma written everywhere. Like, it's, I, it's totally related. God, I love how many things the show is connected. Okay, so anyways, so they're at the school, you know, because Emma's in jail and, you know, like Regina gets her out so they can go find Henry and they go to the school and that's when we see Mary Margaret with the bluebird, which I love that little, I just love that little mm-hmm. connection to the fairy tale land. And then that's when, you know, Snow and Emma finally meet after Regina makes her fabulous exit and knocks all the books over off the desk with her purse and doesn't and even care. Student, she just keeps on going. Yeah. And the student gives Snow a pear, not an apple. I loved that because you know Snow would yeah. hate apples or have aversion to them. And then the student walks up and hands her a pear, which is not what you normally give the teacher. But I thought that was such an awesome little touch, too. Yeah, yeah, it's little stuff, which you think that in order to make her suffer, that you know, Regina would make her eat apples over and over again. But maybe there, maybe that was like Every something day. that she was able to resist or something. You know, yeah, like that would have been in you know, welcome to Storybrooke. Like every day, she would have had to see her eat an apple. Like, wouldn't that have been <laughs> almost? That would have been almost torturous though, because it would have been like a sign of her own defeat. Like because you know they, she beat that curse. So maybe that's why she didn't do it. Hmm, that makes sense. Anyways. So I have a little bit more, I have some, oh, okay, so when Emma and Snow first meet, right, and she's helping her clean up the books, and they have that weird little look, that, I just love that little, just, it's like such a quick little exchange, but I just love it, because it's like there's clearly something up, and they both know it, but they don't know why they know it, and yet mm-hmm. Emma does know, because, yeah, it's just also, yeah, it's just so related, so, you know, like there's all that stuff. It's of recognition, just. Yes, exactly. It's exactly. It's a hint of recognition. That's exactly what it is. And then in that same conversation, when Snow was sitting there talking about, you know, Henry wrestles with that question, you know, that all, you know, abandoned children face. Why would anyone give me away? It is so tragic that she's saying that to her own daughter that she had to give up. You know, like that. 
oh, it's just so sad. Like, I was watching that, and I was like, man, this really, like, Regina, your curse sucks. Like, I know I want you to have your happy ending and everything, but your curse just sucks, dude. Like, for real, what's your problem? Like, why couldn't you just get over the whole Daniel thing and move on with your life? Like, really, I don't you understand. Know what? So the most heartbreaking moment in this entire episode for me, I thought, even the first time I saw it, every time I see it, it just rips my heart out. And I don't know if it's worse because I'm a mom. But in the scene where Snow hands the baby, you know, hands Emma over to Charming, and right oh, after yeah. Charming, oh, my God, right after he exits the room and we see Snow, like, in, you know, in the bed still, and in the, yeah, she's in the mirror, and she's ball. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, and that. it's not even just crying. It's like this. I mean, she's like in pain. It's this painful, almost sobbing scream. And every time, the first time I watched it, the last time I watched it, I was like, that part just mm-hmm. ripped my heart out. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it really. I mean, it gets it gets me every time. It makes me so sad. Like it really just. It, oh, it's such a powerful scene. It really is. And that's, that's so funny you say that, too, because that was in my notes. Because, like, when the curse arrives, you know, and it's like they show that shot of the castle and the curse cloud is, like, wrapping around a lake. I think that is one of my favorite shots of the entire series because the visual of that is just so cool and pretty and awesome. Like, the colors are all great. I mean, it's just so pretty. And, and, too, and. The castle always makes me think of Tangled. It always makes me think of the castle from Tangled. And I think I said this to you once, like maybe in a Facebook post or something, that I always like to think when I'm watching Tangled that Rapunzel's parents are Snow White and Prince Charming because there's no reason why they couldn't be. So I just, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm just going to make that little connection on my own. And because then it kind of makes Rapunzel Emma, and that's just kind of a fun little thing too because yeah because Rapunzel is also in Frozen when she yeah that whole thing too Frozen's a great movie everybody by the way go see it Olaf is a snowman he and he likes warm hugs okay so yeah um let's see, keep going on here um so we just talked about that part oh okay too um Charming is like the best dad ever because he's defending baby Emma while he's sword fighting against Regina's soldiers like dad of With the year arm, everybody yeah <laughs> one arm sword fighting yeah, so good. like it's just it's so really uh, yeah that's he best dad ever, but yeah it was just totally awesome. So and then after that okay so we want to know what everybody thinks of you know the scene where Snow has to give Emma up and the whole curse arriving and Regina on her way in the carriage like you know think back to when you first were watching that scene how did you you know what was your reaction to that how did you feel we want to know what everybody thinks so give us a call 347-677-1653 we've got somebody who's on the line right now so i'm going to bring them on the phone and see who it is hello you're on the once upon a fan podcast anybody there it says they're on the line i don't know maybe they did Oop, didn't hear anybody. So, okay, that didn't work out. So give us a call, though, 347-677-1653. want to make sure that we get everybody's opinion on that. Um, let me see. So, okay, the curse arrives after that, you know, we, and we also, too, we get the scene between uh, Emma and Henry in the playground where she kind of, you know, we get a little bit of backstory on her as far as being given up at the age of three. You know, it makes me wonder if the people who gave her up were the swans. Um, you know, if that's why she has that name. Because I think Jennifer Morrison said in an interview, or maybe it was on Twitter or something, that um, 
Emma's last name is Swan because that was the very first family that adopted her. So um, I'm pretty sure, and I think that might come into play. So, yeah. Um, it could be. Or I wonder, maybe they're going to have it where she, you know, chose her own last name. Maybe that's something that they will write in that her character, you know, felt like. Yeah. Maybe they can, oh, maybe they could work in the whole ugly duckling thing. And so, you know, that's where the whole swan thing. Oh, if you're listening, yeah, you know I'm pushing Eddie. for that. <laughs> yeah, we like the idea that Emma would choose swan for her own last name. So, you know, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 well, no, if, no if, if, they're, if anybody's listening and they're going to do anything with Emma, can we please do the Swan Lake ugly duckling story? Like, can she, like, is there some noble way that she can, like, choose to be a swan forever or like at night, you know, during the day or something so that, you know, just because I don't know why I want to see that story so bad, but I do. I, I, it's driving me crazy and it, I, I don't get it, but I totally want to see it. So let me see here. <laughs> oh, we've got somebody who's calling in, so I'm going to see if we can get them on the line. Hi, you're on the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Who's this? I don't hear anybody, Amy. Do you? I do not. I think the I phone line either. is first. Curse it is first. Oh, perhaps it is first. <laughs> it works good for Lori. Lori, spread some more of your pixie dust magic on the phone line <laughs> because something has happened. Okay, cool. So, well, not sure what's going on with that, but let's see. Somebody else, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to give us a call, three four seven six seven seven one six five three. Uh, we want to know about whatever you want to talk about on this pilot episode. Good Lord, Amy, we only have like half an hour left and we're not even to the thing you love most. Okay, so (laughs) um, yeah, Emma tells Regina about, you know, her wish and how, you know, Henry showed up and all that later on the next day and, you know, Regina tells Emma that she'll destroy her if it's the last thing she does and, you know, so it's clearly one of her favorite things to say. Regina's freaking out about the book in front of the mirror towards the end too after she takes it from Henry um, love the mirror. So I love that she was in front of the mirror. I was like, Ooh. oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, evil queen reference right there immediately. That was what I saw with that. Um, and then, of course, when Emma goes to Granny's at the end and she gets the key from Granny, of course there is a swan on it. I'm just saying. Yeah. And then, um, and also her uh, her nails are red, by the way. And then, uh, you know, it's kind of go with her jacket. Oh, isn't that funny? And then. Um, <laughs> Let me see. And then, of course, the clock moves. And also, too, okay, the swan being on the key, Emma Swan is the key to breaking the curse. Okay, do we all see the parallel there? Okay, cool. So, yes. of course, then the clock moves, and Henry's all happy about it, and, you know, sweet, awesome, there we go. We are through the pilot. We've got half an hour to go through the thing we love most. Oh, my good gracious. Okay, so, <laughs> is there <laughs> we've got just so much to talk about. It's crazy. Yeah, Lori Hancock is saying in the chat room that the clock moving and Henry's smile is the best thing ever. And I really and do. Like, I love that moment. It. It's really oh. sweet. Yeah. I actually have that little blip of music saved on my phone, the clock tick. Just that, you know, 15 or 20 seconds of the sound, but the music from right there, I love it. Is it one of your notifications, or is it just on your phone for you to listen to? I think it's one of my notifications. I'm trying to think if I... I know I have the notification of Russell saying all magic comes with a price, so I'm not <laughs> sure if that was a notification or if it's just on my phone. I'll That's funny. Like, I have, uh, I have um, a little bit of the 
the main theme of Once Upon a Time, like after Snow is woken up, you know, like when it's all like happy, you know, and Charming has broken the curse, like when it's, you know, their theme song gets all happy. I have that set as the ringtone for somebody on my phone too. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that piece of music and it's just awesome. So, um, oh, let me see. I think we've got somebody else who's calling in. So I'm going to see who it is. Let's find out. Hi, you're on the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Who's this? Hi, this is Teresa Martin. I just uh, called in at the last second, and I heard you mentioning that wonderful moment with Henry at the end of um, season, uh, the first pilot episode, and when he um, and the music that goes with it, uh, which to me is one of the most fantastic um, 20, 30 seconds of the music that Mark Isham has written uh, for the show, and I, I dissected it. Um, it, it actually, um, it goes up to a big tonic, which we have in music, which is when you get to that moment, that means, yes, it is so, and this is the way it's going to be. And then Henry does that huge, big smile. And so I just wanted to call in very briefly and gush about that music moment and say, I love you, Mark Isham. And I'm going to go ahead and hang up. Oh, that okay, awesome. is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, that, that, thanks for sharing, Teresa. I'm glad you got to call in. The, the phone lines are working this week. So, yeah, awesome. Because I, I, I know you've given it. Because um, everybody, if you're listening, Teresa has done some uh, reviews of the Once Upon a Time season soundtracks, and you can find those on onceuponafans.com. So uh, if you are interested in music and you want to hear more about what Teresa's talked about, because she is an expert in the musical field, so... You know, you should definitely look for some of her articles because they're definitely worth the read. So, there we go. Yeah, I definitely agree with Teresa. That music is phenomenal. Like I said, I got that. I have that little blip. Sam mentioned in the chat room that it's called the clock ticks. I think I may have gotten it, or Sam was the one who let me know that that little blip was available. That I think she had it. So that was what made me even think about it. So thank you, Sam. Yeah, I have um, I have a ringtone maker app on my phone, so it's pretty nifty because I just put the sound, you know, the track that I wanted on there, and then I put it exactly how long I want it to be and what part of the music. It's pretty nifty, so I quite enjoy it. Yeah, so um, let me see. So now we need to get into the thing you love most, the thing we love most, of course, Once Upon a Time. And so the episode starts out with, you know the thing that I the thing that I love most about this episode, haha, is that it shows Regina's side of the story like immediately after the wedding because she goes from being all Smoky Joe down at the castle to you know appearing back in her castle, and then she you know does the flip of the hair, which is just fantastic and so diva and just totally yeah. awesome and so long. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I love about that. Is that it, because, and that's why you know I really feel that this episode is like you know it's a two-parter to the pilot because it does go immediately from the wedding, which you know set everything up for the good guys on the pilot, to showing the villain side of things and showing you know not only Regina after she gets back from the wedding, but also you know her going to see Maleficent, who is you know another major villain. And then having all of those other villains when she tries to cast a curse and she has to go to Rumple, like it's a very villain, you know, sided show, you know, like episode of the show rather. And so yes, that's why I really I get love. the feeling that it's like a two-parter because it's like you know it's the villain side of the same story. So that's that's how I feel about that. That's such a good point because it's true that first you know the pilot seemed to be more from 
you know, the good guys view, and then we got the thing you love most, which kind of gave us more of the villain view. And I never looked at it before that way before you just mentioned that. But I I love the second episode. My favorite lines from the second episode of the entire series. I think oh, just the fact that Maleficent which and is, Regina, which is what, which, which is what, which is oh my god, when they're face to face, Regina and Rumpel, and she asks him what will suffice, and he tells her the heart. And he tells her, you know what you love, now go kill it. I was like, ooh. And I used to randomly just say that and, you know, for a long time after that episode came out. And my husband would be like, one day, one day you're going to say that in public. And it's going to be straight <laughs> to the nut out. Yeah, you're just in line at the grocery store, you know, or at the gas station or whatever, and... I did say in the line at the grocery store once. He was like, I can't take you anywhere. Oh, were you talking to one of the kids? (laughs) I don't know if I was talking to one of the kids or to my husband, but I know my husband's like, I can't take you anywhere. (laughs) He says that to me all the time, though, so that was only one of many Time that like, yeah, I know yeah. what I love, and I'm going to kill you if you don't knock it off. Like, <laughs> I'm sure the people in line yeah. around us were like, um, we're going to go to another line. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Put a few items yeah. back, and I'm going to go through the express plane. Thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, you know, um, so, yeah, the episode starts, you know, with the clock moving, and, you know, everybody's all happy, and everything's different, and... You know, it's all cool. And then, of course, Regina is talking to Henry, and she hears the clock, you know, making noise. And so she goes out into town, and, you know, Jiminy, or Archie, I guess, is there. And she sees Anna's car, and she shows up to her room at Granny's with a basket of apples. Yeah, I don't think I could love that Disney reference anymore, like, unless it was animated, perhaps. And she was like the old hag. Like, the only thing that was missing was Regina as a hag. I mean, and, you know, Lana is so gorgeous it's hard to imagine her as a hag anyway even though they did it in hat trick but yeah so you know that whole thing it's just it's it's stuff like that oh my god i love those little details like that it is just so cool although you know they're not exactly honey crisp but it's okay because regina is not from this world so i don't expect her to know like what a honey crisp apple is um i'm gonna you know kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna write Give it off some that, right <laughs> yeah you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna cut her some stems you know some apple stems perhaps and you know, cut her some slack and, you know, you know, just give apples. her a chance. They were apples. I mean, at least they were apples. Like I mean, she didn't know, you know. I mean, you know, she's so, I mean, she's so high on magical power and the fact that she's the mayor that, you know, she's not expected to pay attention to those kinds of things. She's a queen. So, you know, that's just the way that it is. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just the way that it is. So, yeah, anyways. So, um, so, of course, and then later on after that, you know, Regina in the flashback, she goes to the Forbidden Fortress and, you know, Maleficent is there. Which I just want to say, too, that relates later on down the road to A Land Without Magic, which we're also going to be watching that later on down the week. You know, weeks to come is going to be one of our rewatch episodes, everybody, so just to let you know that. Um, So, yeah, uh, Maleficent is there. And interestingly enough, I just want to point out that the scene between Regina and Maleficent at the castle, when she takes the dark curse from, from her, is after the scene in A Land Without Magic when Charming puts the egg in Dragon Maleficent. That happens afterwards. So, that, so think about that. The entire time that they're sitting there talking, 
Maleficent had to be having some of the worst, like, abdominal pain ever because she had the, that huge egg sitting there the entire time. Like, I swear to God, somebody, I hope they have tongues. What in did I eat for Because that had to be painful. Oh, my God. Seriously. Like, I'm just saying, like, that had to be a really, like, I'm so, it's no wonder she lost the battle against Regina with everything, like, she was trying not to be in pain, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> that poor woman, I feel so bad for Maleficent and the pain she must have been in. Oh, okay, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, you know, the Dark Curse Scroll is in that thing, too, because after she, after Regina breaks Maleficent's staff, she takes the scroll, which, of course, she has to, you know, destroy later on in Going Home, the winter finale of season three, in order to stop Pan's curse. So that's another connection to that episode. There are so many of them. Oh, my God, it's just amazing. Okay, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and she tells and then the villain battle, right? And you're my only, only friend. friend. Like, mm. Yes. Uh, that was so good. I want to see that. Yeah, she's her, so she's her only friend, but she can't get the woman some Tums for the giant egg sitting in her stomach. Like, God, <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Like, Regina is the worst. She's total frenemy, man. She just let that whole thing happen and didn't give a care in the world. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm being so silly with that. I know. All right, so I'm moving, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Let me see. We're getting so, giddy um, because we haven't had our once upon a time and. In- a couple of weeks now, so I haven't. Yeah, and I'm going stir crazy. I'm going mad as a hatter. I tell you, mad. Okay, so yeah. um, so then you know Regina with the villains with the hair, right? And she's trying to get everybody to give her their hair so that she can enact the curse in the first place. And Regina can control plants. That's the first time that we see that she's got any kind of control over plant life. Okay, and it's like a recurring theme throughout the show. It happens in a bunch more episodes. Okay, so like True North and a couple, you know, and a couple of other ones. All right, so. That totally makes sense to me for the evil queen to be able to control plants because the woman has a thing for apples, which grow on trees, which have, like, roots. So I'm with it. I'm hip to what they're playing. Like, you know, I'm picking up what they're putting down. So, you know, I think that that's just a really cool little thing as well. I don't know about you, Amy. What do you think? I think so, too. And she mentioned that she's tended to that apple tree since she was a child. So, I mean, I wonder if, that's going to end up being something Rumple ended up teaching her, or I don't know. I just I think it's that her power is that strong is really awesome. I like that she's you know really oh look I can light a match you know ta da pick a car yes yes powerful magic going yeah on. she's not pulling some kind of evil rabbit out of the evil hat before she goes to cook <laughs> yeah, the evil exactly. bacon in the evil kitchen and all that right okay cool cooking <laughs> the evil bacon oh my god I need to make that a reality okay so um, let me see after that the other thing oh right okay so. When the little dwarf man, like whoever he was, the little dude who was laughing at Regina because she failed, when she freezes him into stone and then he's like a lawn ornament in Regina's yard in Storybrooke. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so, I mean... I mean, that guy was, like, kind of annoying or whatever, and I don't really know him. You know, I mean, that's, that's funny. I'm sitting here talking about the guy like Israel. I don't know him from Adam or anything, but that little dwarf seemed like a jerk. And, you know, I'm not really sad to see his little butt frozen that way. I think it's kind of humorous, actually. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being cruel, but you are just my opinion. You are I don't know you, Mr. Gnome, but you seem really annoying. Like, look, sir, look, sir. Okay, don't start with me. Like, I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling you. So, yeah. 
just uh, yeah, I am maybe going a little bit stir crazy because I'm being totally ridiculous right now. Anyways, um, so Sydney with the paper, right? When he comes over, first of all, the paper is called the Store Brook Mirror. Love it. And then yes. um, when he's when he's uh, talking about Emma. And he says that she got into some trouble when she was a kid, but the details are locked up pretty tight. Well, okay, yeah, because so was she. She was in jail, locked up pretty tight. Thank you very much, Mr. Glass. Okay, and second of all, it relates to Tallahassee, which is another episode we're going to watch down the line, because that's when we see that Emma is in jail, and, you know, it relates to Neil and Manhattan and Henry and the fatherhood and all of the things. Like, it's all connected, all of the things. So, yeah, like, that's just another one of those little blips that I couldn't help but notice. Uh, small things, but, you, you know, even in the very beginning, this major stuff from seasons way on down the line was already in place, and that's, like, you know, that's, like, the kind of thing that I'm loving about it right now is it's connecting back to the first season so heavily that uh, I'm really excited about, you know, the second half of the third season, so, yeah. Um, okay. When Emma and Henry are walking through town talking about the curse, and Henry's like, the hero never believes at first, otherwise it wouldn't be a very good story. Like that, remember a couple of weeks ago when uh, we were watching the episode where Henry gave his heart to Pan? That and I yes. said that that was like what Henry believed the entire time. There it is, right there in the first episode. You know why that makes sense for Henry to believe that in season three because he believed from the very beginning that you know the hero always has to believe in in the magic, and so he believed that he was saving magic when he gave his heart to Pan. So you know, it totally makes sense. So you know, I think that plays also to Anthony's point from uh, the Enchanticon convention, if I'm not mistaken. I think that he's the one who actually brought that uh, up in conversation. So, yeah. Amy, what do you think about that, love? That's exactly what I thought when I watched, rewatched the pilot this week. I, I thought about that moment when Henry gave his heart up and, you know, that he said that in the first episode that you know the hero never believes at first otherwise it wouldn't be a good story and I think that is exactly what he was thinking you know that this is his chance to be a hero and you said it before thought of what you just mentioned when I was rewatching. yeah I mean there's just there's so many things and it really and you know and as I'm watching this the show I was really struck by the fact that you know I really love Henry's character so much and I really wish that there was you know, more interaction, because his interactions with Emma in the first season are really mm-hmm. sweet, they're really touching, and I really and want to see so more of, Yeah, he was so little. It's so crazy <laughs> to watch how small Jared Gilmore was. Like, you know, when he, like, you know, further on as the seasons keep going and he, like, keeps maturing and his voice gets deep and everything, it's going to be crazy to go back and really do, like, a whole season rewatch and see this kid grow up into being a young man. It's just going to be insane. Like, it's like watching my little, you know, it's like watching my siblings grow up because they're, you know, quite a few years younger than me. So it's kind of like the same thing. So. I know. Or yeah, my it's... son. My Jacob's birthday is next Sunday, actually, the next podcast. So I'm, you know, having a mom week this week where I, I just, I can't believe he's growing up so fast. And I still think he should be like five. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know the feeling. I look at my siblings sometimes. And I'm like, man, I remember when you were so small. Anyways. Um, let me see here. Um, I have so many notes. Oh, okay. So right after that, like, cause the, the reason why they're walking is because Emma is walking Henry to school when they have that conversation. And, you know, that's when Mary Margaret reveals that Henry thinks that she is Snow White. And then Emma has that look of like dawning comprehension that, you know, that means that the woman she's talking to is the person that Henry thinks is her mom. 
And you can kind right. of tell even then that she that she doesn't think that it's possible, and yet there's something I don't know. There's something about her face, and maybe I'm I'm reading into it because I know what happens in the future. But it seems like there's something there that Emma Emma really does know. Like it's like she really actually does accept it, but she just can't. Or I don't know. There's just something. It's so layered. Jennifer Morrison's performance in that little scene, and it's such a lighthearted thing too. Like it's not a really serious scene at all, but it's just like mm. that that look of like comprehension and she's realizing things and it's just coming over her and yeah it's just a great scene and I love it it's kind of you know it's, it's small short but they're kind of powerful and I like it so I think it hits um, her there too because of how much she I mean really all she's wanted ever was you know a mom and to know why she was given up and you know this thing she's been longing for forever and now you know somebody says oh well here's the woman I think it's your mom even if you know, her brain says, well, that's ridiculous. I'm sure her heart probably, you know, Emma's heart probably leapt at the thought for a brief second, and you can see that. And Jennifer Morrison, is, is that, it's such a short, small scene, but it's like, oh, so good. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And, and yeah, it's really, yeah, exactly what Samantha Lee is saying in the chat room, that uh, more, you know, she sees it more as she really wishes that it could be true. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely you know, agree with that, that she wants so badly for that to be true, even though it's the most ridiculous thing that she's ever heard in her life. You know, she's just so desperate for her family to be around that she wants to believe it. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a really the the premise, you know, these two episodes did such a good job of setting up the family relationships. You know, I mean, because just the consequences, you know, little scenes like this, looking back now with, you know, not only do they know who each other are, but, you know, Snow wants another baby and they're separated and all these other things are happening, right? So, I mean, the repercussions of just these few scenes, like the emotional impact of these scenes, can still be felt two seasons away. And that's what I'm really loving about the pilot and the thing you love most is that it's so closely connected to the events that are happening right now on the show that it Mm -hmm. really is like that. And I think that maybe that's why season three, you know, the Neverland story felt so different because we were finally getting resolution to these early scenes from the show itself, not just the early seasons, but the very foundation of the show was finally being addressed and those relationships were being repaired and so forth. So um, I think that maybe that's why season three caught on with us so much is because they were finally getting all that stuff going on. Yeah, I think so too. I think a lot of people have been waiting a long time for, you know, those, some of these resolutions, even if they were, you know, just these small moments. I know I was personally waiting for some mom and, and daughter moments and some, Papa Charming moments, and even if mm-hmm. it's just a few seconds, I I love that. Yeah. Yeah, like you know the the small scene in um, God, I can't remember if it was Going Home or the New Neverland, but that scene where Charming and Emma are out, you know, kind of by the shore, storybook, and they're talking, and you know he has them over, he's giving her fatherly advice, or you know like those scenes in Neverland where she would leave and he would kiss her on the forehead just like he did before he put her in the wardrobe, like you know those small little touches and everything like that. It's just it really does feel like the show is really, like, kicking it into high gear and, you know, the the stakes are getting raised more. It feels like, you know, they now that they've revealed a little bit more secrets and now more of the story has been revealed, that now it's going to just, at, you know, kind of breakneck pace because they don't have to hold back as much. So, you know, I really get the feeling that it's just going to keep on charging forward from here. So, yeah. Um, okay, we've got about 15 minutes left, so we're going to keep on going with this. Um, so, yeah, after Emma takes, you know, Archie's file on Henry, um, she gets arrested for it. And then, (laughs) 
and, and then in probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire series, especially for Emma, actually, no, it's just one of my favorite Emma scenes. I'll, I'll put it that way. When she gets out, because Mary Margaret bails her out, so her mom had to bail her out of jail. I just think that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, she goes and she cuts down, she cuts down Regina's tree branch from the apple tree. And yes. that's just, just the, 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 the audacity or whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use for her to do that, the gumption for her to go do that. Just, yeah, I'm going to grab a chainsaw and go into the, into the mayor's yard and I'm going to cut down a branch off the tree because she put me in jail. Now what you going to do? Like, it was just such an awesome display of, like, power, and no, I'm not backing down to you. And then when Regina comes charging out there and she gets in her face and she's like, no, if you, you know, like, you're out of your mind, and, she goes, and Emma says, no, you are if you think a shoddy frame job is going to be enough to scare me off. Like, you're going to have to do better than that because, sister, you have no idea what I'm capable of. And what's so funny is, the, like, when I was doing the rewatch, the very first thought that I had when I heard Emma say, you have no idea what I'm capable of, I was like, yeah, Regina, she's capable of magic, so you better watch yourself, okay? Like, you don't <laughs> even know what's coming your way if you mess with the Swan Princess. I'm just You saying. better step off. <laughs> that's right. Like, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, okay? Like, that's all I'm saying. That is probably, yeah, like, so, yeah, I'm just saying. Anyways. So, um, I am really on a roll tonight, aren't I? Anyways. (laughs) Um, So, the next part that I love is when Regina goes and visits Rumpel, right? And, like, he tells, you know, and it's the scene that you talked about, you know, where he's like, you know what you love, now go kill it. Um, And I'm, I'm, damn, I should have mentioned this earlier, too. Um, When, that is also so closely related to going home, the winter finale, because, in that scene, she finds out from Rumpel, basically, that she has to kill her father, Henry, in order to enact the curse. And then in order to save Henry from a curse, she has to say goodbye to him. So it's like, to get the curse going on, she had to kill her dad, Henry, and say bye to him. And now mm-hmm. to stop another curse from happening, she has to say goodbye to her son, Henry, and never see him again. And just the, the parallel there between those two things and kind of, I mean, the tragedy of that for Regina because she only killed her father so that she could be happy. And then Henry is her happiness. And now she has to like give him up. up. It's like she said, yeah, like now she has, it's like she said goodbye to her father for no reason. You know, like she did all that for nothing kind of almost in her eyes. Like, Oh my gosh. Like there's, Oh my God. Again, so closely related to this season. It's just ridiculous. Um, so I, I just, I love that part. And then, um, and then also, too, later on, Regina sets Emma up for Henry to hear her say that he's crazy. And then, of course, she bursts in later on on his session with Archie and, get, you know, gets him to have faith and believe in her again, which is so funny how that, you know, parallels stuff going on, too. And then, um, you know, re- later on, Regina kills her dad, enacts the curse, and it's done. And then at the very end of the episode... Regina and Rumple are in her garden, and he literally takes a bite out of her apple, but also takes a bite out of her when he's like, you know who she is, and basically, you know, as we now know from future episodes, clued her into the fact that, yeah, that's, that's the savior. She's come to fulfill her destiny finally. So, there, like, looking at that scene now, like, knowing with that knowledge that that's what happened beforehand totally changes the context of that scene in a major way. Yes. Yeah, because I was watching that, and I mean, I remember the first time watching it, wondering, you know, what who she thought Emma was, because she asked Rumple, "Who is she?" This Emma Swan. But now we know from the new episodes that 
she took her worries away. So, you know, when she Emma was coming to town and all of these things, she didn't realize at that point that this is the child of Snow White and Charming, and this is the child who's the savior. So yeah, it definitely made me look at the episode in a whole new way. And that whole scene with Rumpel and Regina and the apple was just so oh, good. So good. Uh, when he pulled out the please card, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, and stops her dead in her tracks. It's like, oh, man, you're, you just got nailed to the wall, Your Majesty. I hope it felt good. Like, oh, man, you that, know. Was just, that was just insanity. And at that moment, she's like, oh, crap, he knows. But she's not well, yeah, sure first, because well, she doesn't then, find out until later. Well, yeah, well, and the other thing, too, that about that scene is that, you know, because of what you mentioned when she took the potion and stopped herself from, you know, remembering everything about Emma, it's like mm-hmm. now looking at that scene, it makes me wonder, you know, who is this Emma Swan? I think you know exactly who she is. Like, it makes me wonder, like, if that is what broke that potion spell. And, you know, I think we talked about that once before, too, on another podcast. If it was that yeah, moment where, where Regina suddenly realized that, you know, like where she remembered everything was like, oh, my God, it's her. She's come to break the curse. Oh, oh my God. Like, yeah, I, I, I wonder if that's what it is. But I, I love that whole scene. And the scene, too, we talked about it just a little bit, but where she does actually kill her father and take his heart that was another heartbreaking scene from this episode. I mean, she's hugging him and yeah. he's telling her they can be happy and she's, you know, she tells him, oh, you know, you're right, I, I can be happy. And she's crying while she's saying it, but she's like, just not here. And she rips his heart out. And she's still crying when he falls dead to the floor and she's, she says, sorry, Daddy. And then or she says, I'm sorry. And, like, tears are still falling from her face while she's saying it, but I mean, this yeah. is how desperate she was to be happy. I love that scene. Yeah. And you know what's so funny about that scene, too, is that when she takes her dad's heart out, we don't actually see that happen, so it's still a mystery as to what exactly she did. Like, we don't actually see a heart get taken out in either one of those episodes. It doesn't happen until later on that we actually right, see it happen. Right. And I, don't, and I think it might even it. be the stable boy that we don't see it until, Yeah. Yeah, Lori mentioned in the chat room that she thought um, Regina had stabbed him. And that's what I thought, too, the first time I saw yeah, it. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah, I thought she stabbed him. I didn't know that she had ripped his heart out. But then watching it, rewatching it, I'm like, oh, well, she's, of course she's ripping his heart out. And, you know, why, why wouldn't she be? Yeah, and the first time I watched it, I didn't know because we didn't know about the heart thing yet. So, yeah, the, I thought she had stabbed him, too. Yeah, and it was really, you know... When we finally did see, I think it might have even been the stable boy that we see, you know, finally somebody rip a heart out, and it was Cora doing the whole bit to Daniel. And, I, and I'm sure that, you know, if it did happen before, I'm sure I'm going to hear all about it, how, I, how could I miss that one episode. But um, <laughs> I cannot remember if it was another episode where that happened until that one. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the first time we see a heart actually get ripped out was in, you know, the stable boy. So um, No, Heart yeah, of the Lone Hunter, I think. Oh, yeah, I know. You're right. It was that one because that's when she took Graham's heart. You're right. Yep. See, there's where it was. How could I forget about Graham? Oh, I know know why I forgot about Graham because they only had him in six episodes before they killed him off in one of the worst decisions, I think, like ever on television because he was such a fantastic character and Jamie Dornan ain't bad to look at and he's a really good actor. And I'm just saying, like, it was, I'm just saying, like, we could have had him on for a little bit longer. 
I'm just saying. Like that's that's that'll be my final discussion on the subject. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Okay, I didn't think he so, was really gonna be dead when we first when it first happened. I thought for sure he'd be back within a few episodes, but it was. You know what I, mean, I thought? I thought that if, I thought it meant that if somebody I had the theory that if somebody died in Storybrooke, that they got transported back to the Enchanted Forest. So I had this whole idea at first that Graham was gonna show up alive in the Enchanted Forest eventually. Hmm. So. Yeah, and then of course when it was like proven that no, that can't happen at all, I was like, well, drat. Like that's in the writer's you know, that is not your dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Crushed it, you know, and then dropped it down the well and created the curse. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so what were you gonna say though? Sorry, I think I cut you off with something you were gonna say. No, you didn't cut me off, sweetie. I was just gonna say yeah that I also, you know, I had thought for sure he was gonna be alive in the Enchanted Forest, or when you got your heart squished, you just went back home. But sadly, not the case. Yeah, and it's kind of tragical, really, because uh, more of the more of the sheriff, more of the huntsman, never would have been a bad thing. Especially because then he could have ended up with Ruby, and the huntsman and Ruby could have had true love, and that would have been awesome. Like, oh, Aww. but you know that didn't happen. So you know that's you know it's it's a sad moment, sad day, sad day in the Enchanted Forest, sad day. <laughs> All right, so there's a couple of other things. Um, I don't actually have any more notes from either one of these episodes because I got through everything that I wanted to say because I didn't want to just dominate. So, darling, if you have anything else you want to go over, then go ahead. But I do want to give everybody um, the upcoming viewing schedule, too, because we do have it all planned out until the end of the hiatus, which episodes we're going to be watching, so you guys can plan in advance and know what episodes we're going to be talking about on what day. We think we fixed some pretty good ones, so we're hoping that everybody will still be tuning in. But before I get there, Amy, do you have anything else about the episodes that you want to discuss? Not about the episodes, per se. I did just want to remind everybody that on the podcast Twitter, the podcast Facebook page, and, of course, on Zach and I's Twitter, that um, we'll be posting things that we talked about in the chat room and on the episode, so a lot of the information will be up there, and we definitely want to hear from you guys. But I know that everybody I've talked to so far, while I haven't announced what next week's watching episode is for the podcast, everybody is hopefully going to be really happy with the episode we've picked for next week because I know I'm happy about it. So go ahead, Zach Darling. Yeah, okay, so um, this is going to be, I'm going to give everybody, if you want to grab a pen or something or just open some kind of, you know, thing on your computer or your phone, some kind of notepad or something, write this down. These are the episodes that we're going to be watching, and I'm going to have the dates for what they were, you know, which podcast day we're going to be watching them for. So next week on Sunday, on January 12th, we're going to be watching um, the big episode, Skin Deep, is the next one that we have chosen. Um, now, keep in mind that when we picked our episodes, we only have um, nine weeks to choose from because the hiatus is only that long, and we took a week off last week. So um, we were kind of had to pick through episodes of season one and two, and we tried to find ones that kind of created a complete storyline for the characters so that we can see how far they've grown from one season to the next to the next. So next week will be Skin Deep on the 12th, and then the week after that, on January 19th, we're going to be watching Hat Trick, the episode with the Mad Hatter, which, of course, relates to the factor of, you know, there being other worlds. And down in the hat, we did see that there were some green curtains that kind of resembled Oz. And, you know, that was kind of hinted at even back then that Oz was on the way, that it was a possibility. So, um, and that was, you know, said by the writers and interviews and everything else. So that's, you know, that's been in there from the beginning. So stoked about that. Yeah, so we're going to be watching Hattrick on the 19th, and I see that people are getting excited about the episodes in the chat room, so that's awesome. I think we made some good choices, Amy. Um, After we do Hattrick on uh, January 26th, we're actually going to um, 
we're going to be doing a two-parter. It's going to be an Apple Red is Blood with A Land Without Magic because those two episodes we kind of felt were kind of like the pilot and the thing you love most. It's kind of a two-parter because at the end of the episode, you know, Henry bites the turnover, which leads directly into A Land Without Magic. So, and it has a lot of parallels and has a lot of ties to some of the other episodes we're going to be watching, particularly the pilot, you know, and um, the thing you love most. So, um, that's what we're going to be watching on January 26th. So for that podcast, make sure you have those episodes ready. And then, of course, the next week after that, on February 2nd, we're going to follow those up with Broken. So we're doing a one, two, three episode arc kind of right in between the seasons to, uh, you know, just kind of show, you know, what happened after the curse was broken, going to the Enchanted Forest and everything like that. Um, and there is also, there's a couple of specific reasons why um, Broken was chosen, but we're not going to get into those yet. We're going to talk about those during those episodes, but it is directly related to um, stuff going on in season three. Um, then on February 9th, we're going to be watching Tallahassee, which of course is episode six of season two. Um, so that's going to be the episode we chose there because again, it kind of relates to what we talked about tonight in the pilot episode when uh, Regina asks. Emma, if she has to worry about Henry's father, and she says no, you know, Tallahassee is the episode that kind of starts, you know, Neil's storyline off, as does Broken, which we're going to be watching the week before. So we're kind of, you know, going with that line. And also seeing how Emma reacted after the curse was broken, you know, her past, and, you know, accepting that somebody might, you know, love her and that kind of thing. So after we watch Tallahassee on February 16th, we're going to watch the cricket game. And if you guys were listening at the beginning of the episode review, we were talking about Mm -hmm. Um, Regina entering the diner. She says, sorry, I'm late. She says in that episode two. After the, epi- after the cricket game on February 23rd, we're going to do Manhattan. And I've got to hurry up because we've only got about a minute and a half left. So, yeah, yeah. we're doing Manhattan on February 23rd, which, you know, of course, ties into Neil and Emma's storyline and the growth of that and a few other things with Henry. And then on March 2nd, which is the last week before the show comes back from hiatus, we're going to do a two-parter second start of the right with and straight on till morning. So we're going to watch the last two episodes of season two on March 2nd for that podcast. Um, so yeah, those are the episodes and we will have a list of all of these on the official Facebook page for the podcast, as well as on the Twitter. So you can look for that information there. Just like Amy said, we'll also be posting some of the things that we talked about from this week's show. We are almost out of time. We've got about 30 seconds left. Um, let me see. Is there anything else that we need to go over, Amy? Do you have any last tidbits for us before we go for the night? Nope, just make sure that I know a lot of you are following our personal accounts, but follow the podcast Twitter, which is O-U-A-F, Once Upon a Fan Podcast. So O-U-A-F Podcast on Twitter, and Once Upon a Fan Podcast is the page name on Facebook. Yeah, so we've got 10 seconds left, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Look for all the information on Facebook and Twitter. Have a good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.